Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We're going to have a conversation, an adult conversation, with Matt Baker coming up, our college football writer, about USF and Coach Jeff Scott. You're going to hear some numbers. They're going to blow you away, and they're not very flattering for the Bulls head coach. So stay tuned for that. Also, we've got the Rays continuing their series against the Boston Red Sox. As we mentioned yesterday, Tyler Glass now looked pretty good. And the Bucks will begin preparations for their game against the Atlanta Falcons, the fourth-best rushing team in the NFL, doing it, getting it done on the ground, even though they don't have uh, Cordell Patterson, uh, that's going to be tough for them, but uh, that should be an interesting game for the NFC South lead. So lots going on. Wanted to mention our sponsor, May Electric Solar. If you want to save some money on your electric bill, this is the way to do it. Several of our listeners, many of them actually, have done exactly that. They've been in business for 12 years. It's a locally owned company. They're committed to you for the long term, and that's what you got to remember. They guarantee their workmanship for 30 years, labor and service warranty, Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That right there, that's the main difference. So if you visit their Hutchins showroom, May Electric displays all its products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors. You know exactly who is doing the job. Start saving today. Call these solar energy experts at May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. You can lower your electric bill all year long. And preserve the quality of your life and the quality of your appliances. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. All right, best time of the week. We get to talk to Matt Baker about college football. Matt, will get to all the games. Of course, you were at Florida State last week um, to watch them play Wake Forest. But first, I wanted to talk to you about USF and Jeff Scott in particular a little bit. Look, there was a hurricane. We all know uh, we were all impacted by that. Poor folks in southwest Florida more than anyone. And USF moved their game, unlike the Bucks, They moved their game and played at FAU, but they lost to East Carolina, and they lost convincingly. I know they kind of made it close or a little closer at the end there. It's just not happening right now for Matt. What are your thoughts about what's going on at USF and in particular their head coach? So I've been pretty kind of even head oh thanks for having me on first of all i've been pretty even headed on on this i've been level-headed i guess i've been careful about what i wanted to say and and how and Mm -hmm. i've been clear on this on this show and anyone anyone else that i've talked about give year year one throw it out the window covid year same thing with Mm -hmm. him same thing with norvell forget about it your two things were not good Uh, but now it's the middle of year three and to be that 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 uncompetitive early against East Carolina. Look, East Carolina is a pretty good team, but year three USF should expect to be competitive with East Carolina, and yeah. they're not. Um, I'm, I'm going to wade into some some numbers here. Hang with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, since Jeff Scott took over, he's forty two four and twenty two overall. That is a one fifty four 
winning percentage. The only schools in the country with worse winning percentages in that span are UMass and FIU. Mm. USF has a lower winning percentage right now than UConn since Jeff Scott took over. There are four programs in the country since, uh, since uh, since the start of 2020 that only have one FBS win. UMass, UConn, FIU, and USF. And UConn notably didn't play in 2020. It's not good. Um, there, since Jeff Scott took over, USF has 16 losses by at least 12 points. The only two teams in the country with more blowout losses in that metric are UMass and Louisiana Monroe. USF, you know, what they were saying last week is judge us by the conference play, right? Which is fair. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. Should USF be beating Florida? No. Should USF be beating BYU? No, probably not. So great, let's let's judge them on conference play. That was the 11th conference loss USF has under Jeff Scott by at least 12 points. The only schools in the country at this, in, in this time frame with more losses of that sort in conference play are Duke, Kansas, Vanderbilt, and Temple. Duke, Kansas, Vanderbilt, and Temple all also recently fired their coaches. It's not good. It's not good. Now, maybe you're you're generous and want to um, look past or, or kind of excuse the the East Carolina game because of the hurricane. Okay, that's a that's a fine argument. I I understand it. So it, it but there's a lot going on here, and I, I've I've been doing some research, and I'll write more on this on, on TampaBay.com soon, trying to find examples of a program and a coaching tenure that started as bad as this one. That worked out. There's not a lot. The, the examples that I can come up with, um, I might find more. Uh, Brent Brennan at San Jose State started. He was three and twenty-two in his uh, first two years, and they were okay. And they're 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 fine now. He 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 won a. Uh, it was Mountain West Coach of the Year a couple of years ago. They're not great. They're not the best in, in the conference, but they're 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 fine. And Chris Creighton at Eastern Michigan, which is one of the toughest schools in the country to to, to build a program, he started three and two or three and twenty two, and you know they, they've been to I think it's four bowls in, in his time. Again, they're not a good program; they're not a not the cream of the, the the Mac or anything, but they're not terrible either. In the last ten years, though, that's that's about it. Those are the only comps that I can find of something being this bad and things turning around. So, is there hope? Yes, I suppose so. Um, but at a certain point, you kind of are what you are. And, you know, USF is at Cincinnati this weekend. Cincinnati is at, I've got them in my top 25. They're at least a top 30, 35 team. No, they're not as good as last year. But at this point, what confidence does one have that USF is going to beat Cincinnati? Tulane's next week. Tulane, I've got in my top 25. And again, they're at least a top 40 team. Could USF beat Tulane at home? Yeah, I suppose so. But what have you seen that gives you confidence? that that's going to happen. Then after that's an open date and, and who the heck knows. So it's, it's time to start having grown up conversations about, is this going to work and what is going to change based on what we've seen so far? Because I, I think USF as a program is better than they were, but at some point it's got to show up on the field and it's not showing up on the field, Rick. Yeah, not at all. And, and it's, a, it, you know, not that many weeks ago, they played at Florida their best game under Jeff Scott, and you said you came away from that thinking, you know what, USF is probably as good a team as Florida was that day, and yet they didn't follow it up with anything. I mean, four and twenty-two, <laughs> um, 
you can't get much worse with one FBS win. It, it just, it's not happening. But I don't know what's not happening. In other words, I thought I thought recruiting would become would be would improve right over Charlie Strong because I didn't think he did a very good job. I didn't think he left him very much. Um, you know, you've you've had a quarterback come in the transfer portal. You've had some things get done. And I'm with you. I think those coaches, even Mike Norvell, you know, the guys that came in during COVID, I mean, that year you can't you can't really hold them that accountable for that one that season, a terrible year to come in. But where had they failed? Is it recruiting? Is it the fact that Scott had never been a head coach before? Um, is it his staff? There hasn't been any firings that I'm aware of. I know he's added some people to the staff. Haven't seen anybody let go per se. Um, you know, usually when you give up a lot of points to to bad teams, uh, that might be a place to start. But I just I don't know where the accountability is, other than it's all on the head coach right now. Yeah, uh, the, I mean the, the biggest thing that I point to. Well, I, I guess I'll say this: that he has upgraded the roster in terms of talent. I, I think that's pretty fair to say. Um, you look mm-hmm. at you know they had. At the early signing period, they had the number one transfer class in the country, one of them. And, you know, people brought in transfers and that fell down. But they still had, for a group of five program, a very, very good transfer class. You talk about Gary Bohannon led, helped Baylor win the Big 12. And, and Gordon mm-hmm. was a linebacker at Minnesota. And Pinder was a you know, four-star recruit at North Carolina, although he's not playing now. And Hansford was a DN at Mizzou who had a big sack against the Gators. And so they, they brought in some talented players. And it's not clicking and the look when it's when you have players and it's not working it's on the coaching staff yeah and i guess if there's one one thing that that jumps out to me is how unprepared they've been probably i would say throughout his jeff scott's entire tenure but definitely this season um in in the first quarter i just looked it up usf is 117th in the country and scoring Oof. offense in the first quarter. Wow. Scoring defense, they're 129th. Oh, my. Now, yeah. you, if I'm making the case for Jeff Scott here, I will – look, the, the Bulls have not quit. They were – they kept fighting against ECU and made it, some, you know, less awful. Uh, I don't want to call it competitive, but they made it closer, and, and they didn't quit. I, I know what a team – that looks like I know what a team looks like when it quits because I saw one last yeah. year. Yeah. Um, and and we'll, we can, we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, USF has not quit, and they're still playing hard for them, and and that's good. That that counts for something. But I still can't shake the fact that they're so ill prepared, seemingly going into every game, which is why they wake up and it, you know. But before I have time, to even oh yeah, yeah, that, that game that game kicked off. Let's check over there, and it's fourteen to nothing. Or yeah. twenty-one to nothing, and it's that's that. Some of that's, I suppose, on the players. You know, look at some of the East Carolina plays were just bad tackling, but uh, that bad consistently, it's got to fall on the staff. Yeah. Well, how long? Do you, okay, so you, if you're the USF AD, here are some of the the things you're wrestling with. Right. One, I don't know what his buyout is. I don't know what you know the alumni wants to scrape together for that. Two, you're going to have an interim situation where if that coach has any success at all, there will be a cry from some, maybe the players, to retain that coach as a head coach, which maybe otherwise he wouldn't be a candidate. Um, the advantage, I, I suppose, probably isn't much of one, is that you can begin looking for your next head coach maybe before other teams can, I suppose. 
that's kind of the way it works in the NFL. But is is there any tangible reason other than just showing that this is unacceptable and holding someone accountable for this? Is there really any advantage to firing a coach in the regular season during the season? So it depends on the program. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, with with the top schools, I mean, Wisconsin fired their coach. Like, sure holy did. cow, that that shocked me Sunday. There, not much in this business shocks me. When I saw that, that legitimately shocked me. That's not a Ooh. move that Wisconsin typically makes. I, I think Wisconsin. I think stability. I think a class program, a uh, classy program. For them to do that was, I mean, that was just shocking. Um, so there, there are advantages to it. You make it known that you are on the market. So the, the top guy is when, you know, Lance Leipold at Kansas. He's going to be a very hot commodity if he wants to leave. He could probably, you know, he would be in the mix at Nebraska. He would be in the mix at Colorado, yeah. conceivably, in the mix at um, Wisconsin. So them making it clear, hey, we're open. We can have those conversations with agents and back channels. There's an advantage to that. Um, there's an advantage if there's somebody unemployed that you would have interest in hiring. Um, so uh, Dan Mullen is unemployed in terms of uh, a, a head coaching job. Tom Herman, former Texas and Houston coach. Um, I don't think Mark Richt or Bob Stoops would be in this, but in, in theory, one of those guys. Uh, Justin Fuente, former Virginia Tech and Memphis head coach. So if that's one of the guys you want, you can get in on that early. Um, I mean, the, the example of that working is Georgia Southern. Um, Georgia Southern hired Clay Helton in November last year after he was you know, at, out, out at USC. And that gave him some time to kind of come in. And you know, it wasn't about wins and losses, but he could at least kind of get a feel for the roster and know, okay, this is my, this is my team. What do we need? And, yeah. you know, they've ha- had, had, a, had a big win, um, big upset not too long ago. So it's, there are examples of it working. Um, I guess just from from the administrative side, it does give you more time to figure out what you want to do because this is a huge, huge, huge decision, right? Um, it gives you time to look at every single thing about a candidate. Um, how are they dealing with the media? What can I see from afar about how they're dealing with boosters? Watch every single game. How did they deal with the official? What were the in-game adjustments? All that type of stuff to get a better feel for, could I see this guy working with me? And then, again, from the USS perspective, if they were to go down that road, it makes it clear that one of the most attractive, I would say, group of five jobs is, is, is on the market. So if you're a hot power five assistant, that's something that you would have your eye on. So there are some advantages to it. Um, the disadvantages, you know, obviously, it's, it's money um, in terms of you're paying the buy, more of the buyout. But I guess I can flip that around, too. I don't know what attendance is going to be like at USF when they host Tulane in a couple of weeks, uh, but that's what that as much as anything is what did in Willie Taggart at FSU. The, the results were terrible. I'm not going to defend that. And, and the way they happened, either they would blow a fourth quarter lead or they'd get beat down by double digits. It, it wasn't good. But the thing that really did Willie in is when Florida State had home games, the crowds were bad, and that's clear lost money when people buy tickets and they're not using them because then they're not paying parking, they're not buying hot dogs and, and sodas and hats, or, or they're not buying tickets, period, and the donations aren't coming. So there is a monetary cost to keeping somebody around if the fan base has given up and quit. And I, I don't know where the USF fan base as a whole is right now, um, but that's something that the administrators and power brokers are going to have to kind of keep in mind 
if they wanted to go down this road. Well, and the ones that pay the pay the bills, to be honest with you, um, some of the alumni, they want their college football Saturdays to be fun. You know, it's not it's not fun to watch your team get their brains beat out in ten thousand people in a seventy thousand seat stadium right now. Um, that's not fun at all. And and you know, this is this was a big hire from Michael Kelly. You know, and the next one will be even bigger. You know, so I, I and I and I have mixed feelings about: Do you get a guy who's on his way up? like they thought they had with with coach Scott or are you going to get somebody who's just trying to get their way back up you know and 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 will take take this job and hoping to get back into a power 5 job I, I i really you know i kind of struggle with what what's the better scenario but at this point i mean they're, they're sticking with them like you said for today but i i agree with you i think the conversation has to be had so um not much not much light there but um Anxious to read about that um, coming up in the Tampa Bay Times. That'll be that'll be good reading. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Let me ask you about, you were at a Florida State game, and I, I watched the Wake Forest Clemson game the week earlier. I was really impressed with Wake Forest. I'm probably even more impressed with them now, but that was an entertaining game. I don't think Florida State played, played their best at times in that game. They made mistakes, obviously. Are they still for real, Matt? Did you lose any confidence in Florida State with that loss at, at home against Wake? Not really. I only dropped him one spot on my top 25 because I think Wake is pretty darn good. Yeah, I do too. Um, that, that's, that was really my takeaway. I, 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 I like Sam Hartman going in. I, I love him. He's a fantastic player. He runs well. He is just perfect for that offense, which I think is really mm-hmm. entertaining. Their mm-hmm. backs are good. Um, yep. A.T. Perry, the one receiver, number nine, He's a dude. Um, mm-hmm. Keyshawn, number thirteen. The the him, I mean, he, he had the fantastic third down catch um, on one of the drives. Man, they got some players. So yeah. that was my number one takeaway: is the idea. Go back ten years or five years, and the idea that Wake would have dudes on par with Florida State is it's silly. But Wake has dudes on par with Florida State. That's mm. that's just a fact right now, and. Yeah. FSU doesn't have the depth at spe- at certain positions to out talent Wake the way they could have in the past. Right. You know the offensive line is banged up. You know they they were mm-hmm. had two starters go down um, earlier, or uh, one guy expected to be in the mix, then starter goes down early in the season. Uh, another starting offensive tackle uh, goes down against Louisville and dressed out, but wasn't ready to to, to play against Wake. And I'm talking about uh, Robert Scott here. So and then the offensive line wasn't very good. So it, you take away three of the top six or seven offensive line for most teams, there's going to be issues. And, and, and we saw that um, defensively, you know, they missed Jared verse. He, he played, but only was, he was limited and, and wasn't able to, to play enough. And they don't quite have the depth at defensive line and edge rusher to replace a guy of his caliber. And, and it was just, you know, it just came down to execution, um, particularly on just scoring chances. Wake Forest scored touchdowns. Florida State missed a couple field goals and had a drive that started at the 30 go empty. 
And that's the difference in the game. So yeah. I, I wasn't, you know, if Florida State lost, there's no moral victories or anything like that. No, no, that doesn't happen here. Um, but I wasn't, Florida State wasn't embarrassed. It wasn't like they didn't belong. No, they belonged. Wake Forest just played better. And that's a really good Wake Forest team. So that's kind of where I left things. Um, but the, you know, this is a, we, we talked about it last week. This is a brutal stretch for NC, or for, for Florida State, excuse me, where yeah. start with Wake at home. At NC State this week, NC State is very good. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like Devin Leary, the quarterback. Defense is, is sound. NC State is a tough place to play that FSU has always struggled at, even when they've been very good. And then Clemson after that, where I, I, I was skeptical on Clemson at the beginning of the year. No, nah, not so much now. Uh, I, Clemson is absolutely in that playoff mix to me. It's not like they're, you know, they don't belong. No, they belong in that conversation. So it's a very tough stretch. Where, for, for FSU that continues this week, but uh, I still think FSU could, t- could take one of those games and it wouldn't surprise me. And if they didn't, that's not the end of the world either. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, we, we're thinking before the season, seven and five, maybe even eight and four um, is, is reachable this year, which would be one hell of a, of a jump uh, for Florida State if they're able to do that. NC State was pretty good against Clemson. Clemson looked like Clemson the longest home winning streak um, there in the nation. So tough place to play for, for NC State or anybody. So that'll be that'll be a good game, Florida State at NC State. You will be at a game, and this is interesting to me because we watched Missouri almost take down Georgia. I mean, they were right there. And Georgia put together the drive they needed at the end of the game to win it. That may have affected some, some polls, including yours. But – how good is Missouri, and and is Florida going to have their hands full on Saturday? Yeah, it definitely affected my poll. Uh, I had Georgia number one, and now I dropped them to third. And honestly, I probably should have dropped them lower. Uh, it's mm. it's one one weird, rough, kind of sloppy outing happens. You know, happens to everybody. Sure. Two, which because you know they they screwed around with Kent State, so two in a row for Georgia. That's getting to be a little on the troubling side i'm not saying dogs are terrible fire everybody no they're still probably gonna go to the playoff but uh, there's a little bit of concern there that i would have for georgia um on the flip side yeah missouri's defense i thought played played well um they're not you know we talked about it this year there's not there's a lot of parity and mizzou's in that mix where they're on their best they can go up and scare most people and on their worst they can get beat by just about anybody um so I, I think this will be a competitive game. Um, and, and I'll say, too, Mizzou-Florida games have been, <laughs> been interesting lately. Um, go back to you know 2018 Mullins' debut. Uh, Mizzou kicked the crap out of Or M- Mullins' first season, excuse me. Uh, Mizzou kicked the crap out of him in Gainesville. That was a result that I did not see coming. Um, and then you go to the uh, the brawl in 2020 and the, the Darth Vader thing, right? That's right. And, and then last year, that was Mullen's last stand, um, where Florida just did look kind of kind of looked like they checked out, honestly, and, and they let an inferior team beat them in overtime because they busted coverage like they did a lot at the end under Mullen. And then Drinkowitz comes out and has a, does his own Star Wars thing, which as a Star Wars nerd I appreciated, but they've had an interesting series and interesting history. Um, so I'm expecting a competitive game and honestly some sort of weirdness on Saturday. I don't know what's going to happen, but I think there's going to be some weird going on, which I'm all for. (laughs) Always something. 
with Missouri and Florida. And uh, I, I do agree with the fact that there it, it is hard, well, for most teams, and Georgia's a national champion, but but it's hard to go on the road in the SEC anymore, right? I mean, where sure. do you want to play? Do you want to play with the Cowboys at Mississippi State? Kentucky has suddenly become a viable program. We know that. Um, what used to be sort of the lower-rung teams – Fill those stadiums, and on a college football Saturday with all the pageantry and the guys fired up, you just don't know, you know. And so you take the road wins when you can get them. And you know, hey, if we see Georgia in the playoffs, then it'll be, uh, it'll be Georgia again, right? So won't get too upset about that. There's some other good games in in college football. I'll just mention a couple of them, and then I want to ask you about the place you graduated from here in just a minute. Um, Tennessee is at LSU. I've been impressed with the Vols. It looks like maybe Brian Kelly's starting to have a little imprint on his program. This is an entertaining SEC game. Yeah, absolutely. Tennessee, I was very impressed with when I saw them in person in Knoxville. Yeah. LSU, I had no idea what to make of them heading into the year. Right. Just, I had zero read. Brian Kelly's first year, so many transfers and all that stuff. But they sure. beat Mississippi State a couple weeks ago. Mississippi State's a good team, mm-hmm. at least a good team. Um, and then found a way. I think they were down 17 nothing at Auburn and, and found a way to pull it out. That says a lot about Auburn, yeah. But it also says something about Brian Kelly and where those Tigers are. So I think that's going to be a, a very good matchup. I, I still don't quite know what to make of LSU, but I right. know that LSU is always – they always have talent. I think at this point they're well-coached and – uh, that's a that's a big test for the Vols in uh, Death Valley. What's going on with these basketball schools that are suddenly playing football now? TCU's at Kansas, and game day is going to be there for football. <laughs> How about that? I I've been to a Kansas football game uh, back in Tulsa. Uh, Oklahoma State was there. Uh, there were like twenty people in the crowd. It was it was exactly what you would expect. Beautiful day, uh, beautiful campus, beautiful sure. school, all that stuff. But. Um, <laughs> We got there on a Friday, and we're able to cover the, uh, I think it was North Texas played KU in basketball. So that was my experience at, at Fog Allen, which was, I mean, a religious experience, exactly what you expect. And then also they played football the next day. And that was pretty <laughs> much what it, <laughs> what it was like. But look, Lance Leipold, the coach at, at Kansas, has done a sensational job. Um, he's just a ball coach. He won, mm-hmm. I mean, a zillion games. I think it was like six national titles at Wisconsin, Whitewater, and D3. Yeah. Made Buffalo a lot better. Duke can just coach. And at a certain point, that matters. And yeah. look, I don't I don't think Kansas is going to make the playoff and nothing like that. I, I would probably pick TCU to win this weekend. But sure. for Kansas to be nationally relevant and interesting with a good quarterback in Daniels, that's a fantastic story. And that'll be a good game. Yeah, it is. It's a great story, and uh, we look forward to seeing College Game Day every Saturday. But especially uh, from Lawrence, that'll be interesting. All right, so here's what I got to know: How many zeros on the check are you writing to your school, Northwestern, to help finance what is? Am I right? You told me this number, and I couldn't believe it: eight hundred million dollar stadium, thirty five thousand seats, eight hundred million. Eight hundred million. 35,000 seats. The Baker family will be donating 0.0 dollars. <laughs> uh, I, I gave, I, I'm very glad for my time there. I gave Northwestern a lot of money. My family That's gave true. Northwestern a lot of money. My, my wife and her family gave Northwestern a lot of money. <laughs> With all due respect, I think we're even Steven here. Um, but 
wh- here, wh- why on earth do you, dear listener, care about Northwestern building a, a, a football stadium? You care because this type of thing is not done a lot in terms of building a new football stadium. There have been a few in the last few years. You know, San Diego State's just opened, Colorado State, South Alabama. What I find interesting about this, and I haven't had a chance to dig in yet. They, they announced it last week, and all of us were a little bit busy with more important, bigger things than, than a football stadium. But just the price tag, $800 million for 35,000 seats. Goodness. That is a ton of money. And mm-hmm. I can't, when I saw that, I couldn't help but think, all right, what about the 35,000 seat stadium that people want to build here at mm. USF? Where mm. ballpark figure $300 million could, you know, plus or minus $100 million. You know, what's, what's $100 million between friends? But the fact that Northwestern could build a stadium two to three times as much as what USF is, is, wants to build a stadium for that that jumps out to me i mean some of it's a have and have nots in terms of uh big 10 money versus aac money no question um some of it is just the the uh good fortune i guess literally of having some very rich very prominent alumni who care a lot and are willing to do what it takes to to do that um i also just wonder about the whole return on investment what could possibly happen there um so yeah, that was just something I wanted to touch on. I, I just the idea that they're going to spend that much money on a stadium. I, I think some too is that's what it's going to cost. You know, building prices, infrastructure has has gone up with with the supply chain and with everything else. And yeah. this it just it's just this something to monitor. Just kind of keep an eye on that space as USF moves down the line with its stadium. Just not a pure school, um, but another. Uh, major another big program building a seat a stadium of comparable size. Keep an eye on what happens with that price tag. It's incredible. Not all stadiums are constructed the same with the same materials, obviously, yep. and not all alumni bases are as wealthy maybe as Northwestern's. But um, that is an impressive figure for a thirty-five thousand seat stadium. I know the Bears are trying to get a stadium built. I don't even know what that price tag is. If it's going to exceed much beyond a billion dollars, but we'll see. He's Matt Baker. He's going to be at Florida hosting the Missouri Tigers up there in Gainesville. That'll be a good one. You can read them on the Tampa Bay Times and in TampaBay.com. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Sure. Thanks, Rick. My thanks to Matt Baker. The baseball season, the Major League Baseball season, wrapping up finally. We're almost through 162 games, and it looks like the Tampa Bay Rays, of course, a wild card team, where they headed next Could be the Guardians, could be the Toronto Blue Jays. We'll see. But we're going to talk about the race season and their postseason chances with Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times, who covers the race for us. Look forward to that tomorrow. For Steve Burstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.